0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, June 25th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and closing this week of content here, another week closer to the starting training camp, thank goodness, but closing down this week of content here on Locked On Dolphins with a look at a big tendency that I discovered this week on the Dolphins' 2020 offense, an imbalance that needs to be addressed. And I wrote about this earlier in the week over at dolphinswire.com, But effectively, it takes a look at how much time the Dolphins offense spent in certain offensive backfield alignments, specifically under center versus in shotgun. According to Sharp Football, Warren Sharp, does some really great work, really deep dive, analytic background, a lot of numbers, a lot of charting. His database has the Dolphins' In shotgun formation, on 81% of their offensive snaps for the 2020 season, as compared to just 19% of their snaps from under center. That shotgun rate was the 6th highest in all of football last season. And it was also 16% above the league average of offensive formations in the gun. Why does shotgun versus under center matter? Well, if you are trying to run the football out of shotgun, a lot of defenses are going to establish their gap assignments and, the, and their alignments to the strength of the formation based on where you set the running back. Because you can still run counter if, you have, if you're in shotgun and the running back is set to your left. And you have a one-back formation. And the Dolphins ran 11 personnel, which means three wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back on the majority of their plays last season. If you have one running back on the field, you're in shotgun, and that running back is aligned to your left. The vast majority of runs that can come are going to press to the right-hand side. So they're going to identify uh, from a front perspective, particularly if you have a tight end or or a quote-unquote sniffer, somebody who's off the line of scrimmage, one yard outside the offensive tackle, could be a wide receiver. They did that with Limbo Bowden a fair amount and Matt Collins down the stretch last year. They're going to call that side as the strength away from the back because the runs by design, you as the running back, as you carry through the mesh point out of the shotgun, you're going to be working from the left to the right on the offensive side. So, Running out of the shotgun, unless you're willing to implement a lot of pistol, which is something you see a lot of what the Baltimore Ravens did. And the Dolphins, they had some flashes of pistol, but they didn't run a ton of pistol. It was a lot of offset back. That's one reason why aligning in the shotgun matters, because it dictates the front that you're going to get offensively to meet your looks. To the Dolphins' credit, they only passed the ball 68% out of, time, of of the time out of those 81% of their offensive snaps out of the shotgun. That mark was 30th in the league, that ratio of pass percentage in shotgun, 30th in the league. So they ran the ball almost more than any other team in football. Out of shotgun, the Baltimore Ravens were comfortably number one. They ran the ball in the top five in football last year out of shotgun alignments. And if you look to continue to extrapolate this and, and look at, okay, why did the Dolphins run so much shotgun backfield? One really good reason why that you, you can use common reasoning and, and deduction to come to, to a tongue of a loa, right? Because the Alabama offense was all shotgun. So I decided to put the filters on and look at the splits for the Dolphins offense and their offensive backfield alignments of shotgun versus under center when Ryan Fitzpatrick started the game versus when Tua Tagovailoa started the game. And in weeks one through six plus week 12, which were the games that were started by Ryan Fitzpatrick, Miami implemented the shotgun in 74% of their offensive snaps. That's 7% lower than their season average still significantly higher than the league-wide average. But when Tua Tagovailoa was the starter, weeks 7 through 17, minus week 12, when Tua Tagovailoa missed the game against the Jets with a hand injury, the Dolphins ran out of shotgun 85% of the time, 11% higher they were in the shotgun with Tua than they were with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you're looking for the affirmation that the Dolphins' offense was different when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the game versus when Tua Tagovailoa was in the game. If you don't believe uh, Tua Tongvaloa saying, you know, I didn't have a great grasp on the playbook, so we only had certain things that we could run, and I felt handcuffed at the line of scrimmage, but I didn't really know the plays to be able to get out of those and, and execute the hots and have full control at the line of scrimmage, like Ryan Fitzpatrick did, here's another pit of evidence that showcases that. Their offensive formations were watered down to be very one-dimensional when Tua was in the game versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's not necessarily a bad thing. There's some teams that you know, have a lot of success with the shotgun and running the football out of shotgun as well. You know, we all, Miami's struggles were, uh, in the run were pretty well established as far as their inconsistencies to get push up front and have a lot of success. But when you're trying to run out of gun like that, that's a mixed bag as far as if you're not going to go pistol, you're going to do offset back, you're inviting an extra defender to come down into the box and occupy that extra gap. When you think about the teams that ran shotgun at a similar rate to what the Dolphins did, uh, when Tua to a, tongue of a low was the starter, there were only f- three teams in football that ran more percentage of their plays out of shotgun in Week 7 through 17 Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Arizona Cardinals. Two of those three teams, the Baltimore Ravens and Arizona Cardinals, they got quarterbacks who run 4-3 in the backfield. So you can counter offset back alignments, never mind the fact that Arizona or Baltimore did a ton of pistol alignments anyway. But when you have two running threats in the backfield still, one of them being the quarterback who runs 4-3 and can quickly get to the perimeter and stress that edge defender, you've picked back up that extra gap that you lose when teams effectively cut your front in half and dare you to run to the backside with backside counter with pulling cards going the other way against the flow of where the running back's coming out of the mesh point. Because if you go zone read and you un- leave the end man in the line of scrimmage unblocked, that safety is now going to be blocked by that tight end. Or that linebacker that's stacked behind that four-eye defensive lineman is now going to get blocked by an offensive tackle on a down block. You counter the extra man in the box by leaving the end man on the line of scrimmage unblocked and allowing the quarterback to make the decision. Tua is pretty good athlete, but he's not Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson good of an athlete. So that was one of the roadblocks. The other team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they finished last in the league in rushing last year. And they were the only other team, other than Miami, when Tua Tagovailoa was the starter, besides Arizona and Baltimore, to run more shotgun offense than what the Dolphins did. 84.4 yards per game for the Steelers last year. 1,351 total rushing yards in 16 games. And their response was to go out and draft a running back in the first round. Still have Ben Roethlisberger quarterback though. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, is that something that can be fixed? And I, I think the answer is yes. I definitely think the Dolphins can tweak this and they can still play to Tua to Tagovailoa's strengths and still play predominantly shotgun because the vast majority of teams in the NFL play predominantly shotgun. But there have to be adjustments as far as finding more ways to avoid getting outgapped in the run game. And when you are in sh- offset back shotgun, that is one of the byproducts that you then have to counter. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your favorite sports action, whether you're looking for NHL, NBA, MLB, or UFC. You can get all of your sign-up bonuses, sporting news, and contest information over at BetOnline, courtesy of your laptop or mobile device. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, you're online sports book experts. So, when I first started exploring uh, this bit of data, and I'm looking for something compelling about the Dolphins' offense, I first saw their rate of uh, run rate versus pass rate in shotgun. And I said, I wonder if there's something here of interest. So, what I then did is I took the five top scoring offenses in football last year Miami, reminder. They were 25.2 points per game last year, 81% shotgun, and in those 81% of plays they were in shotgun, they ran the ball 32% of the time, passed the ball 68% of the time. So then I said, okay, I wonder what the rest of the league looks like with their run versus pass rates out of the gun. The Green Bay Packers, 31.8 points per game, number one in the NFL. 22% run, 78% pass. The Buffalo Bills. 31.2 points per game, 20% run, 80% pass. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30.8 points per game, 9% run, 91% pass. The Tennessee Titans, 30.7, 20% run, 80% pass. And the New Orleans Saints, 30.1. These are the only five teams in football last year to average over 30 points per game. 13% run, 87% pass. So the vast majority... All of the top five scoring offenses in football averaged at least five points per game, more than the Dolphins did last season, but they had egregiously higher run versus pass splits. Every single one of them passed the ball at least 10% more frequently out of shotgun than what the Dolphins did. The difference is the frequency in which these teams all ran shotgun. Green Bay, 59% of the time, they were in the gun. Buffalo, 59% of the time, they were in the gun. Tampa Bay, 51% of the time, they were in the shotgun. Tennessee, 45%. They actually spent more of their snaps under center than they did in the shotgun. And the New Orleans Saints, 52% of the time, they were in the shotgun. Miami was in the gun 81% of the time. That's at least 20% higher. 22% higher, to be exact, than any of those top five scoring offenses in football. So if we're looking for where the Dolphins adjust, it's not, well, if you're going to be in gun, you got to pass the ball more out of the gun. you got to get out of the gun more often. And that comes back to, ideologically speaking, and, and X's and O's, and schematically speaking, if you're in the shotgun and you go offset back, You're going to struggle to run the football unless you have ass kickers up front from left to right across the entire front because you were inviting getting out-gapped unless you have a 4-3 threat at quarterback to leave an A-level defender unblocked. So for Miami, the evolution here and how this gets amended, how this gets addressed, how this gets fixed, get out of the gun or get into pistol. Set yourself up for success, align the running back behind the quarterback so you have an equal threat to both sides of the front to run the football. And now you have the opportunity, especially when you account for the speed that the Dolphins have added at wide receiver, to prevent that opposing defense from rolling that safety down into the box and outgapping you in the run game. The speed's going to lift them anyway, right? They're going to have to play more too high because you got more speed. But if you have more offensive backfield alignments in which the back is aligned directly behind the quarterback and has an equal threat to run to either side of the formation, they can't cheat. That's the help. That's the adjustment I would love to see the Dolphins make. It doesn't have to be get out of the gun. You can run pistol formation, which is the quarterbacks, in a more shallow shotgun formation and the running back is aligned directly behind him. But if you can get them under center so that you can change the picture more, that's one of the things we heard some of the Dolphins assistants talking about when they did mini camp was we need to find as many different ways to present and change the picture with, with shifts and motions and different formations while staying true to our core principles. That's something you heard Steve Sarkeesian talk about, if you listen to his most recent coaching clinic, he said, we got our core principles. We run our plays. Our plays are our plays. It's how many different ways can you show a different picture and get to the same end result where guys are at the same spots to execute your core principle plays. But if you're in the shotgun, 81% of the time, And you're running the ball 32% of the time, and a vast majority of those, you've got an offset back to one side or the other. What are you going to run? Like, there's not a lot of different, there's not a lot of creativity there. So, for somebody who on this show tried to be as objective as possible regarding the Dolphins' offense and Shane Gailey and things that they did well and things that they didn't do well. This is an eye-opening statistic, and obviously Changale being gone and having George Godsey and Eric Studisville as co-offensive coordinators, there's going to be a lot more collaboration on this front. Charlie Fry, the quarterback's coach as well, a little bit more tempo. I think this is something that, if this is a point of emphasis, I think it will benefit Tua Valoa, especially if he is where he, and many around him say he is, from a playbook perspective and understanding his assignments and understanding the concepts and understanding the formations and the calls and how to get there and the vocabulary and what to do against different fronts and what to do it against different coverages and and having more freedom at the line of scrimmage. All that stuff gets better. He knows his playbook better. You can change the picture more before the snap and do different things that then in turn allow you to get the pre-snap indicators that are really going to help, whether that is a shift or a motion or what they call jump the back, where you, as the offense, come out and you have offset back with the back set to one side of the quarterback. Maybe a shift and then tight end moves across the set. And then you motion the running back, and the running back flips over to the other side. And now the defense and the linebackers and the front seven have to completely invert what their gaps were and get a late move call. If you're going to run the ball, if you just want to run what you're showing a concept inside split flow zone, you want to run it to the the left, but you line up as though you're doing it to the right. And in two pieces, you shift and move the tight end over to the other side. If anything moves, does somebody follow him? Okay, then you got a man-to-man indicator if it's passing. If they stay flat, then it's probably zone coverage. So you get a man-zone indicator with that first movement And then you can jump the back, flip the back around and and put him on the other side and quick snap the football where now you're going to have moving parts if they try and realign the front. And if they don't, then you got them gap to the front side because they were cheating the wrong way because of all the stuff you did in the pre-snap. I know that's a lot of things to just kind of throw out in a, a word vomit of football lingo there. But it's a really simple example of understanding what the Dolphins did and did not do well last year where they struggled running the football, looking at their tendencies from a formation perspective, understanding that Tua Tungvaloa prompted the Dolphins to run out a shotgun 11% higher rate than what Ryan Fitzpatrick did, these are interesting things to make note of. Really interesting things to make note of. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do it yourselfers so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. So whether you're looking for something to replace a meal throughout the day, something post-workout, something to grab and go on your way to work, something to eat while you're listening to Locked On Dolphins, you name it, Built Bar can be it. 10 flavors to choose from, 100% chocolate on all their bars, high in protein and fiber, low in calories and sugar. These things are the bomb. And right now you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK 15 and save 15% off your next order. So find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. One final thought to close the week. Seems like we have a Xavier Howard update every day. Barry Jackson this week put out, I think it was Wednesday night, a series of snippets, some of it courtesy of, of Dolphins players, and and looking at pro football focus and where they rank certain players at certain positions and all that good stuff. But one of the last notes that he had was about Xavier Howard and his contract situation. And obviously, we've heard you know Howard approached the Dolphins about potentially trading him in October of last year, and the Dolphins balked. And teams, at least one team, had called the Dolphins asking about Howard's availability. And the Dolphins wanted the Laramie Tunsil-sized package and did not get that. So, therefore, Xavier Howard remained on the team. Quoting Barry Jackson directly from his story on the Herald. Xavier Howard remains adamant about getting more money. The fact that others have received new deals, including Jason Sanders, nothing personal, has made him even more dug in. If he doesn't get a new deal with more money, this could stretch well into August. I don't know if you guys remember, and let, let's be fair to Xavier Howard. Brian Flores, as recently as two weeks ago, or I guess it was the end of last week in minicamp, said the following regarding Xavier Howard. We love X, let me go ahead and say that now so you guys can write that down. We love him. He's very productive. He's a team player. He's an important player on this team, but again, it's a unique situation. We want to keep him here. He's very productive. He's a team player. Brian Flores said that as recently as the middle of June. But I hear that Xavier Howard is taking inventory in which of his teammates are getting contract extensions instead of the team focusing on paying him. And again, I am very pro-players maximizing their value. I understand from a player's perspective your shelf life is only so long. Xavier Howard had one of the best cornerback seasons we've seen in the last two decades. He's going to be 28 years old in July and he has a history of bad knee issues. I understand from his perspective why he feels it's important for him to get this done. And I don't blame him for taking that route. But when you start counting who else the team has paid instead of paying you, and you use that as motivation and fuel to your argument for why you should get a new contract and why you're not going to partake in anything until you get one. That's a bold way to go about it, especially when you consider Brian Flores had this quote in August of 2019. It's a team game. Stars aren't kind of a me thing. I don't, I guess I'm not, pause for dramatic effect. He was sorting out his thoughts. Here's what actually happened. It's a team game. There are 11 guys out there, and they have to work together. If you have a star that wants to do his own thing, that just doesn't work. I'm of the put the team first mantra, and these so-called stars need to be on that page on this team. Brian Flores said that August 4th or August 3rd, 2019. Now ask yourself, this team has repeatedly talked about team players. If you are counting your teammates who are getting contract extensions and getting theirs, and you're using that as kind of a measuring tool for, well, gee whiz, you you just gave Jason Sanders. I think it's very odd that Jason Sanders was specifically name-dropped here, which makes me think it wasn't by coincidence. Well, you could pay the kicker. You can't pay me. Does that give you a team player type vibe? And again, the Dolphins showed Xavier Howard a fair amount of good faith when they paid him the contract that they did for $75 million in potential value in 2019 as an extension off his rookie contract. I don't know if that's going to play well with this organization. And again, you take into account the Dolphins drafted Nolik Benogin in the first round in 2020. They brought in Jason McCourty this offseason, knowing Xavier Howard wanted the New Deal. And the team already is the most expensive secondary in all of football before a Zavian Howard extension. And now you're going to start paying attention to who else the team signs and use that as to to grow the chip on your shoulder? Man, They, you can't just shut down your team operations. What, are the Dolphins not supposed to sign anybody or lock anybody in until they get the Zavian Howard thing figured out? I get comparing your salaries to other corners across the league. And I even get, man, I had 10 picks last year. I was the best corner on the team. I'm not even the highest-paid corner on the team. But now you're comparing it to getting a kicker getting paid. Jerome Baker just got a contract extension. We start doing this. I think about that Brian Flores quote. And again, Brian Flores, to be fair to Brian Flores and to be fair to Zavian Howard, said early this month, Zavian Howard's a team player. But side-eyeing your teammates' contract extensions and being upset and causing that to only further your stance that man, I'm not paying, I'm not playing until I get paid more. If they're paying the kicker, Zavian Howard may be a team player on the field, but that's not a team player mentality. It will be fascinating to watch how this proceeds from here. And we'll be there every step of the way. So you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe here on Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in. Hope you guys enjoy your Fridays. Hope you guys enjoy your weekends. Fin's up. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And I hope to talk to you again on Monday.